So let me fill you in. I have a few friends that have had some health issues in the past and they may or may not have insurance. And because of the work I do, I know about community health centers or um, what you may have heard of as a federally qualified health center. This is a place where you can get services regardless if you have health insurance or not. They also accept you if you have insurance, but these are community health centers that you find right down the street in your neighborhood and you probably didn't know it existed. So we're gonna talk about FQHCs or community health centers. They're really the same thing. So if I say FQHC or community health center, I'm talking about the same thing. So I have my favorite oh. health navigator oh. joining me. Okay, okay. Sir Juma. Sir Juma. Sir yes. Juma. Okay, so Juma. <laughs> okay, it, wait. My name is not actually Sir Juma. So it's my not name is actually Sir. Juma. It's kind of like like Queen Crystal. Okay, okay. I got you, got you. Okay. No, but I just had to clarify um, for anybody looking for me. It is not Sir Juma. It is Juma, like Puma with a J. And he's multi-talented, <laughs> but he is a bomb health navigator and he can break it down all the way down from um payments what you can expect going into the clinic um and so we'll talk about that he works for a local community health center in houston and he's fantastic so let's just start off with the basics okay Okay. We we kind of already talked about what an FQHC is. And, and, and let me go back a little bit and kind of explain what a health navigator role is. So a health navigator is like a an assistant to patients. And it's something that's not done everywhere. So it's not commonly known in Houston. So a lot of patients or a lot of people even now that may be listening may be like, a navigator? I've never heard of that. But it's something that was actually born in um, cancer. So in dealing with cancer in hospitals, they created these navigator positions, which were basically people who literally navigated the patients through care. So moving them from different wings of the hospital to go get chemo or moving to these doctor's appointments or making sure that they were on top of these meds and things like that. So th that's what those navigators did. And so from that, um, it's, it's kind of a, a position that's being born in other fields where they're adding navigators as like these assistants to people with chronic health conditions. But in this case, I think what we're going to talk about is not just dealing with chronic health conditions, but just in general, just preventive health. care. Yeah, yeah. Preventive care. How do you take care of this? And this is where FQHCs and health navigators can uh, come into that. Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> we're also talking about looking at healthcare from the point of just overall wellness. Where can I go for my annual visit? And we have, we sometimes talk about this like it is kind of pie in the sky, like goals. Mm -hmm. But this is something that we should just have access to on the regular. Mm -hmm. And I'm not speaking at, you know, I'm not trying to say that you have to have money or this is where you should be. No, this is something that as humans we should have mm -hmm. we shouldn't have to go to the emergency room only when something is falling out right so what kind of services can you get in an fqhc or community health center okay and and it's okay if i curse from time to time i mean yes okay okay cool all right yeah, just if you got a cousin spirit i'll definitely I mean, keep just... it i'll try my best but go ahead. Um, no so an fqhc federally qualified health center so just a quick breakdown of that is that is just a it is not a free clinic. 
Let me clear that up because people hear that term and think that means free clinic. It is not. Federally qualified health center means this is a center that provides a certain list of required services to the community at a reduced cost and is reimbursed by the government for those services. So those services are, these are basic health services that every human being is entitled to for overall health. It's going to be primary care, which is coming to the doctor for, oh, I want to do a, a checkup every year, a physical, or I have a cold and I need to be taken care of for this, or I need to get an exam for this. Okay, then there's dental. Of course, you got to take care of your mouth. Then there is pediatrics. You have to take care of any children you may have, or if you are yourself a child, you would be needing that. And pediatrics, depending on where you are, is not as what you think, because most people hear pediatrics and you think like toddler. Pediatrics goes up to, um, I think it's 23, 24, yeah. depending on where you go. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's you're still in pediatrics depending on uh, where, you, where you get your services. So there's that. Um, so they have to offer pediatrics, dental, um, vision. So um, a lot of people can't see and don't know they can't see. And so it's <laughs> so when you getting them tickets because you didn't see that light was red or because you speeding and you didn't realize the speed limit was 35 but you're going 75, it's because you really really need to get your eyes checked out and get you a prescription. So that's vision that they offer. And then they also have to offer um, behavioral health. And behavioral health is any type of um, service that deals with you know the mental capacity. Because here's the thing we forget about. All of our pains, all of our sicknesses come from organs in our body. The brain is an organ. So mental health is in and of itself a health issue. It's something you gotta get checked out and seen for as well. So an FQHC has to offer those basic services. So, so to recap, they have to offer vision, behavioral health, dental, pediatrics, and primary care, all right? If they offer those things, then the federal government will reimburse them for those services. And so that's how they're able to get that. Depending on where you live, FQHCs look really different. There are mm -hmm. some that are state of the art. There are some that are a bit more community based. There are some that are worn down, just being frank here. And there are some that's just like you wouldn't really want to go there. You don't know if it is a health center. Right. But those are the general things that they offer. So that's the standard that you should expect no matter where you go. So, in the notes of this podcast, I'm going to post a link to where you can go to find a community health center near you. Um, and you can just type in your zip code and you can see the different options you have. You're going to have a few in your area. Um, <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about what can I expect when I go to an FQAC and when should I go? Hmm. Let's talk about that. And and when I, when I say that, I think about how people get sick and they go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And so if you're sick with a cold or you might have, you know, just some, um, a, a bad cough or it might not be so much as an emergency, um, say, if you got in a car accident and something really bad happened. Of course, that's an emergency. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like you just need to go to the doctor to get it checked, maybe you could go to, like, the mini clinic in your grocery store um, if you had the money or you understood how to to access those services. Mm -hmm. You can go there opposed to the emergency room. Um, what can I expect when I go to a community health center? 
Uh, FQAC. Yeah. So when <clears throat> when you when you go to an FQAC, you can expect a clinical atmosphere. So it will be it will be usually a space that is is kind of sterile. So in most places it'll be cold. Um, usually it's supposed to be tile floor everywhere, tile or wood flooring. It should not be carpet. If you go to any health facility and there's carpet flooring. Um, and especially in the medical spaces, you need to get out of there because that is unsanitary because there's a risk of fluids being in there and all of that. So you should be in no medical facility that has carpeting where any type of medical services are offered or, or being performed. Let me say that. But in if, okay, so I guess let me, let me start off with the very, very basics. Mm -hmm. So we live in Houston where mm -hmm. there is a large immigrant immigrant community and we live in Texas where we don't have expanded Medicaid, so a lot of people don't even have health insurance in the first place. So when I go to the uh, community health center and I am um, an immigrant, so I'm not a citizen, or I am a citizen and I don't have, have health insurance, what can I expect in terms of like them, in, in, them doing the intake and gotcha, them doing... Gotcha, gotcha. Um, payment and things like that. Okay, so um, if you are documented, so we'll just go there first because undocumented is a little complicated. Um, if you're documented, <clears throat> as long as you have a an ID, some form of picture ID to verify your identity, then generally you should be able to encounter a staff person who can introduce you to this to the process of getting into um, mm. eligibility or a sliding scale because you gotta figure out how much services may cost to you. Everything will not be expensive. They're gonna base it on how much money you make, how many people live with you or you live with, mm -hmm. and if you have kids and if you're married. So if you know going in advance that you're gonna go to that and you're gonna try to figure that out, you need to go with your ID, you need to go with some proof of your income. How are you supporting yourself? So if you get paid every two weeks, you need to have your paycheck stubs with you. If you get paid every week, bring four paycheck stubs. If you get paid every two weeks, bring two. You need to show at least a month's worth of income so they know how you're supported every month and multiply that by a year. That's how they figure out how much your income is and determine how much you can quote unquote afford for healthcare. Now, if I don't have an ID, then what? Are they gonna deny me? Can they deny me? So, flat out, um, it's a FQAC and it's a health center. Without physical ID, and I can't speak for every health center, so let me be clear in saying that, but without physical form of identification, for them to know who you are, there is no evidence that you are the person you say. If you walk into a clinic and you say, my name is John Smith, okay, cool. Well, I want to. I need to get this checked out. Cool. We're going to create a chart for you. A chart is going to be your medical record. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not something we're going to share with everybody and put out in the world. No, because you have laws that protect you. But... They're going to need proof of who you are. So first thing they're going to need is ID. If you don't have ID, then that's that's really more of a separate thing that you would want to discuss because it's mm -hmm. a bit more of a process. And I'm thinking about the people who don't have IDs. I mean, people who may be coming out of jail, county now, jail. Now, let's define ID because depending on where you go, it doesn't have to be a driver's license or a state ID. Okay. A picture ID with your name and who you are, like a picture and your name on it, can go a long way. So like a student ID will student work? Student IDs will work hmm. um, at some Sam's centers. Sam's Club? Um, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Don't I'm just, I'm just but but here's the biggest, thing, the biggest thing that people gotta do. Call any center, because she's gonna give you links. Any centers that you find, you wanna call them and verify. Never make a trip to a, a place that you've never been before, if you can. 
never make a trip without calling first to see what the steps are and what you need. Because if you show up there and it's not what you expect, that can discourage you from doing it again. Mm -hmm. And you'll think everything is like that. When it's like, it's as simple as if I call these people and ask them, what do I need? And they tell me, oh, bring your birth certificate and bring that. You know, let me go get that. Or you know, I ain't got that. So let me call another place and see who will let me slide. That's what you got to do. It's a, it's, a, it's a don't give up game when it comes to healthcare. Yeah, and you shouldn't give up on your health because if you don't have anything else, you have your health. And people always say health is well, but mm -hmm. if you really break it down, it is your form of currency. Yes. Like if you are not healthy and people who have been sick or who have been in the hospital, even pregnant people, pe women who have been pregnant, know how important it is to be able to get up, work, and provide for their families. It's so important. So, um, yeah, so the I you need form of identification. So if you have ID, so to, to focus on the the more 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 common population, if you have some picture ID, you'll provide that. Um, if you have proof of your income, if you're not working, that's fine too. You need to just provide proof that you're not working, and that's usually by some form of a letter. You can get a notarized statement. You can do that at your local Fiesta or um, like a FedEx, I think, even for like six bucks or so. Um, if you don't have the money to spend on that, some places, like um, I know some health centers, have notaries on staff that'll do it for free. So um, get that. Or you can have someone you know sign a letter writing, written out saying, hey, so-and-so isn't working and I'm supporting them. Um, in most most cases, they're not doing like a credit check. They're not asking for your social to find out. They're not calling your employer to verify your income. So you don't have to worry about that. Because I realize the reason most people don't access FQHCs and the services is because there's a lot of fears of things that they don't know or misperceptions. Mm -hmm. So proof of income. Um, depending on what you state your income to be, it'll determine how much you pay. One thing I'd make clear, health is, is not free. Healthcare is not free. Healthcare is not free. And the services come with equipment that have to be run so and all those things so things have to be paid for but you'll always get a cheaper rate at a FQAC um, I know of some where they have it where you'll pay upwards of $80 maximum for every mm -hmm. doctor visit but that includes the cost of like your lab work and your copay to see the doctor which for a person with insurance let me tell you that's a really good deal mm -hmm. because you can go see the doctor with insurance and pay $20 for a copay and get a bill later for lab for like two, three hundred. Right, right. So, <clears throat> if, worst case scenario, if you don't have um, income and you do have an ID, you, you can find an ID. Um, if you don't have income, will they ever deny you services? No. So... Now, the proof of income, you will need to provide that in terms of getting access to them, in terms of getting on a sliding scale, becoming a part of their, their system. Mm -hmm. But in terms of you being there, if you come in to be seen for something and you don't have money for the service, then what you do is they cannot legally turn you mm -hmm. away. Let me express this. And this is where I'm going to give you a little inside scoop and a little tip. They cannot legally turn you away because by a federally qualified health center standards, they agree to not only provide services at a cheap rate, but for those who cannot afford it. That's what an FQAC is for. That's why these little health centers popping up left and right. Mm -hmm. So if you see a clinic and you go in there and you see them for something and you have no money to necessarily pay for the visit, you can tell them, I'll make a promise to pay. Or you can pay what you have. Mm -hmm. So I've had, 
I've seen situations where I've had patients who have a dollar or two dollars and they offer that up and mm -hmm. it's like come on we'll take that and their next visit no one's hounding them and it's not a every time they come and check in someone's like hey you know yo it's fifteen dollars still it's very much like a you needed to be seen we're not going to turn you away now here's where the tip side comes in on the flip side just because they won't turn you away doesn't mean they don't know how so there's a very slick way of turning people away and the way that happens is the consumer does it themselves when we hit with an obstacle, instead of questioning it and trying to figure out what this obstacle is and where it came from, we tend to turn around. Mm -hmm. so, or making people answer your questions. Yes. Making, asking <laughs> questions and then getting answers and making them work to answer your questions. Right. And that's not what it is. So what happens is like I've seen situations where a patient is like, um, somebody says, all right, your copay is, is $25. And they're like, it's 25 And they're mm -hmm. like, uh-huh. Uh, it's twenty five dollars for the copay. Yep, and I have to pay that today. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't. Um, can I? Do y'all have another appointment? Like, can I reschedule? Because I don't get paid till next Friday. Okay, we have something for next Friday. You can call into a same day. Just like that, this person is left. What you don't? What now? What you heard in that conversation is I, that staff person didn't tell them. Nah, mm -hmm. you right. gotta leave. They answered every question you asked. Do you have to pay that today? You do. Is it a requirement? Will it stop you from services? No, it won't. But mm -hmm. we would expect you to pay it today because you're getting service today. So, okay, to that. Now, let me share a funny story. So, <clears throat> um, for those of you who know me knows I have three small kids. And most recently, we thought our youngest daughter, we thought she had pink eyes. So, I had to work and my husband took her to the pediatrician and so at the front front desk i forgot to tell him that we had a um we had a bill that i hadn't paid yet because when i go sometimes i'm just like okay just put it on my account i'm gonna pay it later mm -hmm. and so i know that but he was like crystal why you didn't tell me we had a bill i was like <laughs> oh my bad i forgot but just tell him you're going to pay it later. He was like, no, I can't do that. So he has an issue with telling people he'll pay them later. Mm. And for me, I'm like, can I pay y'all later? Okay, I'm going to pay you later. Or just bill me. Send a bill to the house. That's fine. And so he was so uncomfortable doing that. He was about to turn around and go home. Oh, I was wow. like, dude, you can't mm -hmm. turn around and go home. We have to get her checked. So she can go to school or we can plan for the next time like we have to figure out a plan but it just goes to show you how when some people are not as comfortable talking to uh people in the healthcare field mm -hmm. um they'll just they'll just throw up their hands and say i'm not doing this <laughs> i'm not doing it today and so um that happens mm -hmm. and not only that we're not even told about how we're, we've never seen how healthcare actually works. A lot of us, I'll tell you this, I didn't know what I know about insurance until I would say the past four years, mm -hmm. in, well, three years in the position that I've been in. Because in working that position, I've had patients where something happens with their insurance and I'm having to navigate that and figure it out and call insurance companies and mm -hmm. learn terms. So like, I understand deductibles and co-pays in a way now that the next time I'm offered an insurance plan, I will get the best for best bang for my buck. Yes. Like, that's the thing. So even people, let me tell you this, because the people without insurance, I know sometimes feel a level of shame or 
um, embarrassment because of that or a level of vulnerability because I don't have access to this. But let me tell you, there are people with insurance who, A, either don't use the insurance at all and they're paying for it, or B, um, are, are using insurance and don't even know how it works or what they've signed up for. So when they finally do use it, use it, they are blindsided by what this means. Yes, and um, we'll break down, in another episode, we'll break down um, health insurance, and I'll bring somebody else on because um, I don't know oh, everything okay. she, about She don't this. need me no more. She got what she wants. You can definitely no, no, come I'll back. No, I'll be back for another segment. I'm yes, certain. you can absolutely <laughs> come back, and we can all have a discussion. But I said that to, to really say that if I have some people out there who know about health insurance, then please share those tips with us because – I have seen people, people that I love and care about, um, suffer for no reason, really, mm -hmm. just out of plain, they just don't know. And so yeah. when I start asking questions, even if you live in another state, these services are available to you across the country. So I'll ask questions and I realize, you know, people just don't know. And so um, I want to do a better job of sharing the information that I get through work and the information I've gotten through being pregnant at 26 with my first job and, you know, signing up for that plan, thinking that I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't really get sick, so I don't really need to do the high deductible. I don't need to, I need the basic. And then I got pregnant. I was like, oh, damn it. I didn't think about that. Did you change your plan while you were pregnant? Well, what I did when I was pregnant was I didn't change my plan because I didn't know about exactly. I didn't know and about that, I didn't know exactly about um, the life altering yes, events. Yes, the three, yes. the three you could choose from. So I didn't know That's about crazy. that. But what I did was, which is even crazier. Can, can, can you touch on that real quick? Wait, okay, wait, real quick. I know we're I'm gonna, gonna talk about this. No, we're gonna okay. we can talk about it right now, but. What I did when I got pregnant, I didn't change my um, status on my health insurance. Mm. Um, I added another plan. Mm. So this is crazy. So when I was in, when I was, uh, when I got pregnant, I was in graduate school. And I was working my first job at a nonprofit. So, you know, the pay wasn't that great. And, but the health insurance was, I mean, it was decent. So I signed up for the health insurance far before I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, I need a little bit extra support. So mm. let me go to my university and get oh. on their health plan. And I thought I had it all. I she thought I had, had it all had figured out. But here's the yeah. thing. <laughs> I try to set it up to the point where I said, okay, when I have the baby on August 31st, I will still be insured on both plans, but my plan at my university ends on the 31st, so I'll be good. Mm -hmm. And that was not the case. Let me just share this with y'all. The day after, the day that I had the baby, um, three hours later, after I uh, came out of surgery, because I had a C-section, they called me from the financial office oh yeah the billing department oh, call me in my room yeah, I remember you telling to me. say hi miss ward um um you have a bill how do you want to take care of it i was like are y'all serious i'm barely off of anesthesia like are like, y'all serious so dead. that was my introduction into like, healthcare. You, you still got the stitches I, like they still there like the, 
I'm still, still sold up. I'm still, still so del- tight. I'm, <laughs> I'm still delirious. I don't even who who what? look new baby who this new baby who this <laughs> so the disrespect they oh it's so the disrespectful disrespect. so they but let me tell you by my third time I knew the game <laughs> I was like nah let's handle See, it so let's she's handle letting y'all it. know it's trial and error so it's, it's trial like and it's error. a lot of so don't shame yourself for not knowing this stuff we're just trying to help you avoid some of those trials right so it was trial and error for me and I'm sure somebody could have share this with me but i didn't have that so people gave me what they could so i'm sharing this with y'all to 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 show you different Mm -hmm. um and so we'll let's take a break right now we'll take a break and we'll come back in a second know that you can find your next doctor using zocdoc It's an app that I have used in the past to find doctors. I can see their profiles. I can rate them. I can see what health insurance they accept. um, And I can see their next available appointment. So you can go to ZocDoc.com. That is a tongue twister. So Z-O-C-D-O-C.com. Or you can download the app. Um, it's super easy to use. It's one of my favorites. So try it out. Zogdoc.com. Zogdoc.com. So Walmart. Okay. So with that being said, I want to kind of talk about healthcare or access in healthcare the same way you access a restaurant or you access any other business service at the end of the day uh healthcare providers are providing a service to you mm-hmm. and you will go back based on whether you like the services or not Correct. and so sometimes i think we lose that because we think we need them more than they need us but we both need each other they have a specialty they have an expertise that we need and we want to pay for that service so um i want to know with your understanding about how the healthcare system works even from the community health center um level of care Mm -hmm. How would you do things differently to better um, to be better available to people of color or people in general? How what would you change? What do you think works well? And what do you think? You know, this needs to be done differently because y'all looking for people to come access services you you built up another clinic but you're having a hard time getting the word out about it Mm -hmm. so why don't you just try this what is that thing that you would say um y'all could do this differently well uh one you could genuinely and authentically engage in with the community the community is is supposed to come to you because they have all these issues or they need all these things to take care of. And the truth of the matter is healthcare is a business. Mm-hmm. So the healthcare organization's job is to sell themselves to the community because reality is they sold themselves to somebody to be able to build where they are. Mm-hmm. So they have to sell themselves to the community and say, hey, you guys, we're right here. 
in this convenient spot for you. Mm-hmm. And we have all the stuff you need to be the best you. And we can prove it. That's what, a, that's what their promise is. That's what the setup is. That's the relationship. And then your job is the consumer of it. Because our mistake is, oh, it's my health care. So, you know, they're doing me a favor. So I have to just tolerate this or take that. Because it's free or it's cheap or it's this. No, 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 no. It's your health. You're paying with your health. You are trusting them to give you the information, the tools, and the resources to treat and prevent and and do all kinds of things with your health. And a quality service. And so because of that, that comes with expectations. So if you're not being treated well, if... If let's say the service is not um, not up to par or you go there for a dental service, let's say, and they, they don't put the filling in right to where now you're chewing differently or the doctor has been treating you for the same illness for so long and you go somewhere else and find out it was just as simple as this, but they weren't. Those are things that you can go and say something about. Get on the Facebook and be like, hey, I was on these people's, uh, I went to that clinic and I'm rating them two stars because this was my experience mm-hmm. or I went to... I didn't have money to pay. And the receptionist was very rude and was like, how you come here with no money? Like, you know, call that shit out. Like, if you go anywhere like that, the same way you go to a nail salon, uh, uh, a restaurant, and you go and you tell somebody, oh, I went there and this was the bomb or this was trash or don't mm-hmm. go there. Or you go on Google and Yelp or read the reviews on Amazon, do the same thing with healthcare because people need to know, well, this is not the best place to go for this or mm-hmm. these people or this place does not care about me or does not know how to care about me. And so um, it's so interesting that you say that because I had... Um when I was interviewing for a position with another health center, um, I, my role was going to be in communication. So it was funny because the owner of this uh, clinic and the woman that was going to be my supervisor, they were asking me, okay, so here's our rating online. How can we, how do you think we should fix this. And so while there are some tools that you can use to like um, track where people are writing reviews, you also got to do the work to change that. And so it was funny because they were trying to say that a competitor next door down the street was putting all of these negative reviews online. And I'm thinking, sir, <laughs> they don't they have a whole business to run they too. Don't have time. So they're not how I wonder how much energy they're trying to put to make you look bad. They can't they can only do so much. Now, to be honest, when I went in there, like I was already assessing, okay, this could be done a little bit better. You got your front staff, you know, I'm waiting for this long. So those are little things that you can change off the top that don't cost anything. Mm-hmm. It just requires some effort from you and your staff and to have that standard of care of excellence mm-hmm. no matter where you go. And so I think that shifts things a lot. And I, I don't know if um, people have come to that realization because that requires some real accountability. You can provide great services. And they did have one doctor or maybe two doctors within their practice that were great. But the supportive staff might have been not so great. 
that is unfortunately, I think, um, a, a new standard in, in healthcare, mm-hmm. where in practices like that, smaller practices, or even some FQACs, there are two, three, if you're lucky, okay, sometimes it's just one, but there are two, three providers in that practice that are fantastic. They're going to spend the time with you. They're going to be invested in you. They remember everything about you, despite seeing 100 people per day. Um, but then their MAs are the people who don't put the right information on your discharge paper or don't, you know, call and remind you of an appointment or don't put your medicines out right or something like that. So those things, unfortunately, it, uh, it's like you can have a fantastic star player, but if your production is wrong and everything's yeah. bad. And that's from that's from the cleaning service. Yeah. To the front desk staff, all of that. to the people drawing your blood, it all it all matters. Okay, so last question. Okay, and I'll keep it brief. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I, <laughs> okay, so I think I want to kind of follow up on on this one. If you because you've worked in this field a long time. If you could change something about the way healthcare is administered right now, what would you change it to make people, you know, um, more aware of what's out there or even access the services? So that could mean the services go to them or we just do it a little bit differently so people can get used to going to the doctor. What would you do differently? Ooh, that's, ooh, wow. I should have given you I that. I was going to be brief. No, I can be brief. Um, the first thing is we have to normalize the doctor as part of routine care and not um, episodic. So it has to or emergency. Yeah, we have to get, we have to stop treating going to the doctor as for emergencies. Mm-hmm. It has to be like a part of routine. Um, so that's one of the first things, but I, I would say from the, from the healthcare side, um, definitely engage in the community, but for the community side, you, you do have to find a way to incorporate it as part of a routine. Your car for people with vehicles, that's something you have to maintain. You, most people do tend to go take care of their car when something go wrong, but every so often you got to get an oil change. So if nothing, just take a baby step of going to the healthcare and going to the doctor and seeing them for, let's say a physical, one physical a year, mm-hmm. every year does wonders because you can get one physical that year and a doctor sees something they didn't see the year before and before you know it that engages you to coming back next month or next week and so um just i would just say find the easiest way to to get in there that's going to be the most convenient way and make sure it's a way that's a a door opening so just a a free checkup every year so yeah start with it so i like that start you yourself start with the baby step of even going to the doctor for a checkup Mm -hmm. if you have insurance start start going as a baby step and then the next time you start to pay attention to what's going on in the clinic start to pay attention to the front desk staff start to pay attention to how the your provider is engaging with you if they're just trying to rush you out or if they really listen to you pay attention to that first and then get feedback Say, I like, fill out that survey. Fill out the survey. 
and then I'm 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 gonna kind of speak on Crystal's behalf, but also take the time to learn. Um, if for those of you that are like Crystal and you like to Google and research and go look up, yeah, I'm I'm telling your business. Okay. That like to look up stuff. If you can look up the place you're going to and see what doctors they have there. A lot of that stuff is online available to you, so you can pick someone that matches with you. Understand you can fire your provider. Okay. They, are not your you're not beholden to them so if you see a doctor that ain't working for you try somebody else until you find someone you're comfortable with i've always believed if i can't tell the doctor every single thing i do health wise without shame or fear i need to fire them until i find someone i'm comfortable with so you know from here it takes time it and does it is annoying and it's not easy it's not as simple as it sounds it takes time but talk to the people around you yeah Get, just get honest information and just make sure you get the facts as best as you can. And just, just let it be your healthcare experience. Right. So thank you, Juma, my favorite health navigator. This was great. She'd just be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> if you have questions, because we didn't touch on everything, not at all. Oh, no, we scratched the surface. Yes, yeah, so we're scratching the surface. If you have questions, it could be as specific. In fact, if you have specific questions, I, I know I have one question that came in from a listener and they wanted, they had questions about accessing Medica Medicare for their mom. And so I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your questions and then let me help you figure it out because you don't have to do it alone. There are so many people with resources and information and this is a platform to share it. Thank you for listening. Bye.